It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Wednesday, January 10th, with your hosts, the soaked and windy one, me, Ray, and, well, the handsome dude with all the hair, Zach. I could have done something more hyperbolic this morning. I feel like I'm a kid who only... Whatever. I did I did a good thing, guys. Used car prices crashed 36%. Wholesale prices are actually down 53% from their pandemic highs, while retail have only come down 36%. So before we dig into the show, can I get some freaking kudos, Pops? Can I get some kudos? I could have said used car prices crashed 53%, which would have been true. Just would have been a little misleading. But I'm trying to clean things up in 2024. Used car prices on the retail side have only come down 36%. From their I, pandemic spike. I, I think there are those out there because I spent 43 years in retail automotive that are going to suggest that genetically you just need to be hyperbolic about these things. It's, it is, you know, it is what it is. There, there apparently is no getting around it. Um, you know, I, yeah, yeah, there, there's, there's a major crash. Um, I, I believe Let's look all at the emergency. Data. All emergency personnel have been called to the scene of this giant ass crash. It, you know, you, but but you're getting better, Dad. We are down thirty six percent from the spike in prices that we saw during the pandemic. So let's look at the Mannheim Used Vehicle Value Index. This is from a, a great article over on Wolf Street. So what you're looking at on the screen is this is the Mannheim data. We've looked at this in other chart forms as well. So this yeah. is their index, and it went bonkers during the pandemic. You can see exactly when the pandemic started, because that's actually when used vehicle values went down a lot. I yes. remember because I was thinking about selling my Volvo during all that chaos, and if only I had held on a little bit longer. Then prices went up like crazy, and we have seen on the retail side a 36% decline from the highest point during the pandemic, or you know, amidst the past couple of years. On the wholesale side, Dad, Prices are down 53% from these highs. A couple things that I want to dig into today with you. What does it mean for wholesale prices to be down more than retail? So what should we all think about that? How does this impact trade-ins? And what are the trends and things that you're thinking about for the remainder of this year? Like, will used car prices continue to come down or is there not enough supply? So a couple comments there that I would love to you know, dig into with you. Uh, first question first. Um retail prices when they when when they skyrocketed let let me rephrase that wholesale values when they skyrocketed went up about 50% retail prices went up about 36% okay so the fact that they've come down um on the wholesale side more than they've come down on the retail side. Well, that that seems to me to be normal based on what we saw in the past. Wholesale went way up. Retail went up, but not as much as wholesale. So if wholesale's coming down a lot, retail's going to come down, but not as much as wholesale has come down. Now, how do I think that's going to impact the market? I think we're still faced with a shortage of cars. And that shortage of cars is is due to the, the chip shortage when there was one, um, and the ten to fifteen million new vehicles that were scheduled to be produced that weren't produced. Those vehicles that weren't produced couldn't be sold, so there weren't trade-ins. I have speculated um, 
that I think that will impact used car values, both on the wholesale and the retail levels throughout the decade, because we're going to remain in a shortage. I have seen others suggest that that perhaps, perhaps by sometime in 2028, things will have balanced out. Either way you look at it, we're still four to six years away from there being enough pre-owned cars in the market. Let me pull up a chart to, to help show this. I think charts are useful. Used vehicle inventory at dealers in millions of vehicles. This goes back to 2019. Obviously, you can see where we are in 2023. Yes. Used to be about 3 million used cars in dealer inventory, and it ducked all the way close to about 2 million vehicles in dealer inventory. And it's come back a little bit. I mean, it's come back a little bit. It's come back a lot. It's come back a lot. So used vehicle inventory. The thing that you're pointing out, though, is I don't think the expectation is that this red line is going to get back to 3 million because it's just we were missed out on 18 million new cars that would have become used cars. So it's almost like it's going to plateau here is kind of the expectation. Yes. yes. And that, that's why I say, I personally believe it'll take through the end of the decade. Others believe it'll take till sometime in 2028. Um, like I said, either way you look at it, uh, it, it's, it's four to six years away before things normalize. Um, and that's, that's why we won't see price reductions um, on the retail side of things as deep as we have on the wholesale side of things. I want to pull up a comment here from Leon because I think it's spot on. Crash from artificial highs still high. It's hard yes. to claim that it's artificial because there was a shortage of cars. So it's like they crashed from highs that we had never thought we'd ever see used cars appreciate, I don't know, 40, 50 percent in a year whether or not that's artificial. It's like it went up like crazy. Now it's crashing from there, but it's still crazy. Like it's still hard to wrap your brain around the average transaction price for a used car being what it is. I, I think it, it was an anomaly. Okay. It was an anomaly brought on by a worldwide phenomenon. Okay. And had there not been that, that the pandemic, Oh, then, then we would have never experienced this anomaly. Things would have been just chugging along like they had always been chugging along. But because of the pandemic and, and the inability to produce the cars that were scheduled to be produced, we're finding ourselves in this, and you can't even say it's an artificial shortage because at this yeah, point it's a, a long-term shortage of quality pre-owned cars. Um, so, you know, until until that changes and realistically, when you look at sales numbers, for instance, you look at last year's new car vehicles sold and it was just under 15.6 million new car vehicles sold. That is still significantly below the high water mark of of 17.4 million vehicles sold that was what five years ago six years ago so as long as retail new car sales remain below the high water mark how are we ever going to trade enough cars to stave off that shortage that exists today i i, I i'm not sure there were all those people who are coming off lease who are saying to themselves why would i why would I give this back to the dealer? 
I'm just going to buy out my lease. I'm just going to sit on it. So yeah, you've got all these ra- all these rational reasons for why yeah. you would have a shortage of used cars. Let's do an example. First experiment of today's show. Y'all know that I have tons of vehicles being tracked by Carvana. You can see over here to the left, I got a lot of cars being tracked by Carvana. They sent me an update just a couple days ago on a 2018 Honda Accord. So Carvana says that this vehicle is worth $14,400. It's come down 100 bucks, Dad. So really, they, they're saying prices haven't changed. Okay, They're willing to still pay up yes. for a vehicle. This is in Miami, Florida. Let's go ahead, caredge.com slash sell. I'm curious what offers we're going to get for this vehicle. I'm, we say this every time we do these experiments live on the show, and I encourage everyone, if you're thinking about buying a used car or selling your used car, please, please, please use caredge.com slash sell to see what it's worth that i don't want to be in the position of having to make decisions on what cars are worth like this i think we're about to get huge variability in the values that we see here i and i and i think um i i think that 14.4 number is low i think it's low by several thousand dollars um because it's an it it could be an under twenty thousand dollar retail used car so I'm thinking it's probably worth seventeen five with sixty thousand miles on it. You're a little high pops car gurus. Wow, well, and I haven't even and I haven't even smoked anything or drank anything, but I am apparently a little high. <laughs> Fifteen, but this is this is it goes. That's a good one. This goes to the point. Fifteen thousand seven hundred and fifty four dollars. Vroom offering fifteen grand. Both of those are significantly higher proportionally, especially oh, yes. to what Carvana was offering. Yeah, I think it's a great example of like the market for, and we'll we'll test a different one, like a, a full size pickup truck or something like that in a moment here. But like, car prices are down wholesale fifty three. Used car prices are down fifty three percent. Retails down thirty six percent from pandemic highs. Yet these businesses out there desperately need more inventory. That was what the other chart showed, and. Like someone's paying up for it and someone's not. It's a really yes. tricky time to be a dealer. It's a really tricky market for a consumer. You know, you don't, it's hard to know what's a fair price to pay for a used car right now. And it's very, very difficult to get a fair price for your trade in. Like it's, it's a, the used car market is still super volatile and seasonality is probably going to take hold this year, Dad. I, I don't know, give it six more weeks and used car values, we're probably going to look at the wholesale data and they're going to be going up. Yes. They're going to be going up because it's tax time. Because it'll be spring selling season, even though it's supposed to get um, cold as uh, as a witch's or whatever um, uh, later this week here. But it, but in six weeks, it'll be spring selling season and tax selling season. And I'm sorry that I crack you up. Tell, tell me, <laughs> tell me you're disappointed that uh, it's going to be very cold without telling me that you're going to be disappointed that it's going to be very cold next week. As, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that I mind the very cold as long as it's not extremely windy. Um, because, you know, once once it becomes extremely windy here, then the the excess air infiltration into my apartment becomes quite apparent. Um, so we'll, we, we shall see. Ray might just be bundled in blankets next week. All right, so the, uh, the the TLDR on the used car market, folks, it is correcting. It is returning back to pre-pandemic prices. Will they ever get there? Probably not. That's what that inventory chart showed you. Yes. And all the sources for used cars that we understand there to be, none of them are you know full to the brim with new cars that are going to become used cars. 
So realistically, this is kind of the new normal for, I think you said, till the end of the decade. And I think you're probably right. This is your new normal, lots of volatility, back to seasonality. And I think it, it further reinforces the need to be a smart shopper, especially with like APRs, 13% is the average used car interest rate. So like, please, folks, if you're thinking about buying a used car, watch the trends week to week, make smart offers when you're going to negotiate. Um, and really on your trade and be prepared to to fight over that because someone's willing to pay up for it. Might not be the first or second or even third person you talked to, but like someone's desperate for inventory somewhere and your trade's worth a lot to them. Used car managers notoriously underbid vehicles for their initial value. Um, you know, I, I, I've worked with so many used car managers in my career um, that some were were much worse than others when it came to placing a value on a vehicle. And what I mean by that is the used car manager would always ask the salesperson, well, what does the customer hope to get for the car? And, you know, the salesperson would try and fill them in. And, but, you know, what the, what the customer hoped to get for the car and what the car is worth, one has nothing to do with the other. The car has a value. Just, my theory always was with used car, just tell me what the damn value of it is, okay? If you had to go buy it, what would you pay for it? If you were at the auction and you wanted to be the last one standing with your hand up, what would you, what would pay, you pay for, for the it? damn thing? So it shouldn't be what does your customer think it's worth. It shouldn't be what do I think I can steal it for. It should simply be when when a used car manager appraises a car, what is it really worth? And just you can tell your salesperson that. You can tell the sales manager. You can tell the damn customer that. And justify why you think it's worth what it's worth. You know, and and so, yes. Whatever, I'll be good now. <laughs> yeah, let's do one more example. Let's look at this vehicle. Let's jump over here really quick. Let me pull it up on the screen. We've got a Jeep Grand Cherokee. This time we're over in Denver, and it's got about 82,000 miles on it. So give me one second here. Bear with me, folks. It's, it's winter, isn't it? It's winter in Denver. It's, oh, it's winter, man. It's cold there, I think, right now. There's an Arctic blast going through. Carvana says it's an $18,000 car, down $1,000 in just one month. Dad. It's, it's, it's winter, and it's four-wheel drive in Denver. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd be hard-pressed to believe that it's gone down in value. It's so let's winter. see here. Let me share this screen instead. Bear with me, folks. Stand by, stand by, stand by. 2018 oh, Greep Jeep Grand yeah. Cherokee. Let's do this and this and this. Continue. No issues with it. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, you've got to imagine Echo Park, if I'm not mistaken. They're still operating, even though they closed some of their dealerships. Echo Park usually has strong offers. I'm going to say that Carvana is going to be low on this one. I think it's 19.5. That's my guess, Pops. Okay, I, I I definitely think it's it's worth more than the eighteen that they claim. I'm about to sneeze. Go for it. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, wow. Uh, I think I might have been right on this one. <sighs> so there you go, folks. Carvana. This is again why neither of us will ever be in the position to you know. I use cars from people because this is like playing craps and all I've ever done playing craps is lose money. $18,000. I've value. witnessed it. 
Yeah. Yeah, you have witnessed it. Eighteen thousand yeah. dollars is the offer from Carvana. We put it in carage.com slash sell. Vroom, $20,387. Cargers, $19,900. Echo Park, $18,573. It just goes to show you the variability in the used car market right now. Difference in region, difference in car type, and most importantly, difference in buyer. Someone's willing to pay out. Someone is. I think that's going to be especially true. That very well could be an $18,000 Jeep at Carvana's headquarters in Tempe, Arizona. You know, uh, as opposed to an eighteen thousand dollar Jeep in Detroit, in the Denver, in the middle of winter, you know, there it's going to be a desirable vehicle, and they're going to pay up yeah. for it. I think there's a great comment here from Ed. He's saying dealerships are willing to give more money than Carvana or Vroom, and I think in a lot of instances they will because they want to match or beat that so that they can get the used yeah. car. It's important as customers, especially in today's market, that we bring that ammunition, that information to the dealership to say, hey, I'm informed. I know what this vehicle is worth. And if you don't want to match it or beat it, I've got another option. Yes, this this just gives you an idea as to what someone thinks the value of your vehicle is and what they are willing to write a check for it for that vehicle. You know, 43 years in the car business, I can't, and, and I will guarantee you, Every salesperson and every sales manager has heard this, and the response is always the same. People would come in and and they'd go, well, Kelly Blue Book says, and salespeople and sales managers say, but the difference is Kelly Blue Book won't write a check for your vehicle. We give you people who actually will write that check for your vehicle. (laughs) That's the big difference. You know, you... You, it doesn't matter what somebody says if they won't back it up with their bank account, okay? Let's be very clear here. It's not us writing the checks because we don't want your used car, but there are people out there we can connect yeah. it to. Yeah, it's a huge difference, absolutely huge difference. Can we switch gears, Pops? Um, of course. What gear are we going into? I want to talk about the fact that, and Justin on our team did this research with Hannah. So thank you, Justin, and thank you, Hannah. They did some research on the 2023s that have the most remaining inventory on dealer lots right now. Now, we know that model year changeovers don't happen on January 1st. They happen, I mean, at different times of the year for the different automakers. That being said, Dad, now that we're in 2024, I know from talking to Joe Lewis over at JC Lewis, the Mazda dealer that we have our partnership with, that he told me, Zach, I cannot have a 2023 Mazda on my lot come February. End of February, I have to be, all my 23s, I need them gone, man. That's why he's, I think we're at, was it, 3.5% below invoice yes. on their 2023 Mazdas if you buy them through Car Edge? So, like, there are, are a lot of vehicles out there, Dad, that are still 2023s. And I thought I'd run you through the list of those who have the most so that, you know, customers can be smart about who they approach. You know, and if you're if you're part of the Penske organization and you're a new car manager and you've got 2023s on your lot, your your ass is already in trouble <laughs> because Mr. Penske did not want you to have any of those after December 31st. I'm putting the link in the chat so anyone can click through as well or Google search 2023 inventory space car edge and it should pop right up. And again, thank you, Justin and Hannah on the team for doing this work. Dad, here is the table. The vehicle, and it's both market day supply and total for sale. So they did a great job working on this. The F-150, Ford F-150, all, and this is all trims. Yes. There are 95,948 2023s still out there. 
by a long shot, the most 2023 inventory out there today are Ford F-150s. After that, the Nissan Rogue. There's 47,000 Nissan Rogues actively for sale right now. I, I think 40,000 of those might have been at that dealership we visited this past summer in, in the Egg Harbor Township uh, because they were breeding like rabbits while we were there. Ford Explorer, 37,000 are sitting on dealer lots right now. Again, these are the prior model year. From all the conversations I've had with dealers, conversations I've had with my dad about his career in the industry, you can't have prior model years sitting in a new calendar year. You just can't. You need to get rid of them. Dodge Chargers, 35,495 actively for sale. Dodge Challengers, 26,000 actively for sale. Ford Mustang Mach-E's, we're down to 22,629 2023s for sale. The Escape, 22,000. I mean, Dad, it, it, there's a lot of familiar names on this list. You've got a Jeep Gladiator, then a Buick Envision, then a Bronco Forder. The Hyundai Santa Fe, maybe that represents a good option for folks looking for, for a Hyundai product. That's an interesting uh, yes, you know, especially one considering Yes, especially considering that, that the new 2024 Santa Fe is a completely different vehicle so that your Hyundai dealers should be willing to um, really work very, very hard for you when it comes to pricing in order to get rid of those remaining 2023s um, because it's the old body style. Yeah, the Ford Lightning, the truck that, you know, we had uh, uh, reservations galore. There's 13,438 2023 Ford Lightnings actively listed for sale by car dealers right now in the United States. Wow. 2023s, folks, not 2024s. You know, all the way down to the bottom here, Toyota Tacoma. A little bit of a surprise to be on this list, as well as the Kia Sorento. So some vehicles that don't have a high market day supply, as well as even the Ford Bronco Sport, but still have a lot of 2023s out there in the market. You know, we we talk a lot about um, uh, on-hand inventory, day supply, all that. And and, uh, we castigate Stellantis all the time because they, they... tend to have more of their products have a greater day supply than others. But having said that, what the hell is Ford doing? Um, They have combined more new 2023 inventory out there remaining. It is staggering the totals that they have. Um, they, They make, they make Stellantis look like, well, Stellantis knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah, I mean, let's come back to this list here. We've got one, two, three, four, five, whoops, six, seven, eight. Eight on this list are, are Ford vehicles with the most remaining 2023 inventory out there, which which says to me, Dad, if, if it says nothing else, it says that you should expect APR incentives on those because those are all new vehicles. Yes. And that's what the big thing was in December to help move inventory for automakers. I bet you, you end up seeing 0% or 0.9% or 1.9% financing options for those vehicles for 2023s. I just, I can't imagine a world where you don't. And I was just watching, I was watching um, football on Sunday, Dad, or Saturday, or whatever it was. But both. And I saw a Ram commercial, which makes sense. But yes. it was for 2024s. They were promoting incentives for 2024s. And I'm thinking to myself, but now I look at this data, there actually aren't that many 2023 you know, Ram, uh, Ram 1500s. That wasn't one of the ones on this list. So you're going to hear ads for Ram, you know, 2024 Rams, but you might hear the ads. Yeah, it's all the way down here. There's only 10,000. That's actually pretty yes. good. That's actually yes. pretty good. 
when you consider it's that there 100, are nearly a hundred thousand, but yeah, yeah, you know, um, it it just all this indicates is that those are vehicles that whatever dealership has them has some of them. They should be highly motivated to get rid of them. So between any factory incentives and the dealership incentive to get rid of it, you should be able to get yourself a good deal. Now, having said that, a good deal is a relative thing. Oftentimes, people wouldn't know a good deal if the dealer explained to them why it is, um, because they just think that the dealer is always making, I don't know, on a $50,000 car, they're making a $25,000 profit, which they're not. Um, so, if if you have an idea of, as to what a good deal is on a car, um, you should be able to to negotiate a very very customer friendly transaction on those remaining 2023s. Got to pull this up. Andrew says, yes. and this this hits to your point. That went to look at a Hornet for my son in law in Long Island. Dealer only offered five hundred dollars off. Tons sitting on the lot. Gang. I'm a broken record. I read the comments. I'm getting called out for getting cozy with the dealers. But this is yep. why we're doing what we're doing. Andrew, please go to caredge.com. Please scroll down right here. We have $1,000 below invoice, not below MSRP, below invoice. Come here, choose Dodge, and then have a conversation with Frank or Trisha on the Car Edge team, and we will deliver it to your door for free. If you are east of the freaking Mississippi River, we have expanded it. East of the Mississippi and you are interested in any of these brands of vehicles, $1,000 below invoice. I know, Dad, but freaking I'm, I'm hot. Because this is the crap people are dealing with, but it doesn't have to be this way. Can, and it's, can and I, yeah, because we get cozy with the dealer. Screw that, guys. There are people willing to freaking make deals and push metal. Take advantage of it. And, and just, just so it, it makes it easier for people to understand. You, the dealer will show you the invoice to the vehicle. That's the amount the dealer paid. Now, that's not saying that the dealer doesn't get other monies back from the manufacturer. They do, but they will show you the invoice for that vehicle and they will then subtract a thousand dollars from that. So when you say it's a thousand dollars below invoice, what that means is you take the invoice price less $1,000, that is your selling price, okay? That is, in most instances, several thousand dollars below the MSRP. Are we cozying up with dealers? What we're doing is we're putting together a dealer network where the dealers have agreed to a pricing structure and no BS so that that. We can arrange the car deal for you. Are we saying it's the absolute cheapest price you're ever going to pay? No, that's not the claim. What we're doing is we're setting up the easiest possible transaction for you at a reasonable discount, okay? And if that doesn't work for you, don't use it. Go overpay somewhere else. Okay. Go complain about dealers somewhere else. We're trying to put together a group of dealers that are willing to make your life easier. Whether you want your life to be easier or not is a question you have to ask yourself when the next time you look in the mirror. 
All right, let's keep going through the show. So I just I saw that comment. I had to go, and I that that was that was job well done, Pops. Thank you, TJ Epic Media. Appreciate your contribution. Thanks. Dealer is asking sixteen five for a twenty seventeen Mazda CX five touring with two minor accidents. Each been on the dealer lot for one hundred seventy seven days. I offered them fifteen five. Is this a good offer? I would say yes. I mean, I'd have to do some analysis on it, but I I mean, the accidents Are make you- me make me nervous. TJ Epic Media, what I would suggest is you take the VIN number and the miles of that vehicle and you go to caredge.com slash sell. Plug that vehicle into our sell widget, put in that it's had a couple minor accidents so you can get some idea as to what other dealers out there might pay for that vehicle on a wholesale level. Now, I'm not suggesting for a moment that you're going to be able to buy it at the deal where it sits now at a wholesale level, but you might be able to find out how close to a good retail number they're at. That would be my suggestion to you, TJ. Epic Media. Thank you, Dad. That was great. From Mrs. Handy, are you? Thank you for the contribution. I am not. I am not handy. I admit it. Last possible day, half. I bought, uh, or, oh, oh, something January 2nd. There we go. Yeah, wow, yeah. that was a big brain moment. Yeah. <laughs> Last possible day, January 2nd, I bought my 2023 new Audi Q8 with $2,000 from Audi and $4,000 discount from the dealer. Maybe I should have pushed for more. $6,000? I, I mean, maybe you should have, but honestly, what have you always said, Dad? A, a fair deal or a good deal is a state of mind. It's 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 if, done, if you know? If, like, if, you did if you're it. happy with the deal and the dealer's happy with the deal, uh, it, it doesn't matter what the profit was. It just matters that you were happy with the deal. Um, could there have been more? Who knows? Who cares? Do you have the vehicle? Are you enjoying it? Can you can you do anything about it now? So why do that to yourself? Why? I think that's the biggest piece. It's like, can you do anything about it now? Don't Monday morning quarterback it. You did great. You did yeah, absolutely just, fine. Just enjoy it. it. Yeah. We've got here from John McGuire. John, thank, thank you, you John. for the contribution. You can have four dealers in a row with $5,000 spread on the same vehicle. A Mercedes dealer will pay far less uh, for an F-115 than the Ford dealer and the truck dealer less than the Mercedes dealer for an S-Class. Spot on. Yes. This could be not more. I mean, Dad, you experienced this in your career, I imagine. Like when you were running an Acura dealership, you would rather have an Acura on your lot than a, you know, a whatever yeah, yeah. it is, an F-150. How many times have I, have I said that the value of your trade-in at any particular dealership is part of it is based on how they've done with that type of vehicle on their lot in the past. Has it sold quickly? Were they able to make a profit on it? Did it sit for 60 days before they had to send it to the auction? So if, yeah, an F-150 is not going to have the same value at a Mercedes dealer as it might have at a Ram dealer or a GMC dealer, or a Ford dealership. So, yes, you have to take all that into consideration, which is why you should shop your your trade-in. You should, If you have a Ford F-150, take it to a local Ford dealership and say, I'm thinking about possibly just selling the vehicle. Would you tell me how much you would pay for it? Or go to the GMC dealer and, and do the same thing. And then you have that information for when you go to trade it in, wherever the hell it is that you go to trade it in for. And if they can't get close to it, 
where you're trying to trade, you know it, you have it in your back pocket, what you can actually sell it for. Just helping. Just good. It's great. It's great advice. Mm. I absolutely love it. Can we go to our favorite segment of the show, please? Really? You've got to be kidding me. All right. Do you want to start with fraud and a lawsuit recalls or um, an EV automaker saying we're going direct to consumer pump fake? We're actually going to work with dealers. Which way you want to go? Let's start with or wild EV. card. I got four. We could go okay, wild, wild card. card. Let's do a wild card. All right, folks. You remember when Tom Brady came out with all of those ads talking about Hertz, 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 and we're going to be driving yeah. around in those Teslas. Well, now. Hertz are selling some of those rental cars at bargain prices. Let's be very clear here. Rental fleets get flipped and, and you know, this is normal. Yes. That being said, dad, you've got uh, Hertz at sub $20,000 Tesla Model 3s out there. When you get, uh, factor in the, the used EV tax credit, we're talking about like how many $15,000 Model 3s right now. Isn't that wild? Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, yeah, that's. That, that that you know that would scare the hell out of me from buying a uh, an EV if they're going to depreciate that much in such a short period of time. I mean, you know, Tom Brady's only been retired for a year now, um, so you know, I don't know. I I I, I think on the flip side, I, though, Dad. On the flip side, the positive aspect of this is there's a sub fifteen thousand yeah. dollar used electric vehicle that. Is a good car. I mean, on the flip side here, this is like a really good thing for yeah, many but, people. But, Obviously, when you buy a rental car, get a pre-purchase inspection, but, all the normal things that we would recommend for any type of used vehicle. I just found it hilarious, Dad. Well, like, yeah, you know, their their values dropping quicker than a boat anchor anchor in the middle of the ocean. I mean, come on, man, that's that's pretty severe. All right, Dad. And then we've got from Automotive News lawsuit, Ohio dealership forged customer's signature on Nisa's financing documents. That's always mm. a great, great headline. Yeah, I've never heard a of customer that. Customer claims her signature was forged on her Nisa's sales and financing documents at a Kia dealership in Bedford, Ohio. Here's what happened, Dad. According to the complaint, Ransom, the uh, woman who's in this suit, purchased a 2021 Kia Forte at that dealership in September 2021. Her niece, Sabrina, then bought a 2020 Ford Echo Sport the same day um, in in November 2022 when Ransom was actually there to get service done on her vehicle. So, you know, it was a little bit later on from September to uh, November, about a year and a month later, year and two months later. But but this woman was back at the dealership getting service work done. She was there helping her niece purchase this Ford Echo Sport. Unbeknownst to Ransom, her signature was forged on her niece's purchase agreement and credit application. The suit contends Miles also is a defendant in the case uh, because ultimately what happened here, Dad, is the niece never made payments to the bank stating that they never actually signed anything. And it turns out that the uh, uh, loan paperwork had the signature of her aunt rather than the niece. All sorts of confusion going on and lawsuit. This kind of goes back to why we need systems, processes, things that protect both consumers and dealers from situations like these. Uh, absolutely. And um, uh, my my goodness gracious, if Sabrina was never making payments, well, the co-signer should have been. Um, so even if the co-signer claims her signature was forged, she should have been getting notices from the bank. Like, where's our payment, damn it? Because yeah, what, what you are... When you are a co-signer, what you have agreed to do is if the signer doesn't make the payments, you have agreed that you will. 
So the bank would come to you for those payments and you would be expected to make them. Um, sounds like a real mess. Uh, I'm not going to that Kia dealership in, in Bedford, uh, Ohio or New Bedford, Ohio ever, ever, ever. Dead Ford is off to a strong start in the recall race. Ford recalls nearly 140,000 focuses echo sports amid probe, um, alleged crash. The recall comes amid a federal investigation and an alleged crash with two injuries ford led the league in recalls last year and they are off to a strong start you've got faulty engine oil pumps that is what we are focusing on it's 2016 to 2018 focuses and 2018 to 2022 echo sports with the one liter engine in them dad not not bad considering the fact that not only did ford lead the league last year but the year before that the year before that and uh, it's only the 10th day of the new year, and I believe the new year really didn't start till January 2nd because January 1st was a holiday. So nine days in, we've already got 140,000 Fords being recalled. Um, I think this is just a harbinger of things to come. <laughs> is it fair to say, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, but is it fair to say that Ford with their recalls? Yeah, are the most dominant team we've seen. Maybe even a dynasty since the Golden State Warriors and the NBA, the New England Patriots and the NFL. I mean, is Ford on that level, Dad? I hate to take it there, but are they? Um, well, it, it seems as if they're leading the league since Jim Farley took over. So maybe Jim Farley is the Bill Belichick of of uh, of automotive manufacturing. Um, he has he has overseen a team that has basically almost remained undefeated for three years um, mm -hmm. and is starting out strong in their fourth year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe maybe they are. Um, yeah. I like Ford how we've done this. I just, yeah. Yeah. I just want to acknowledge, I like this bit. I like this bit a lot because I think our community also really likes yeah. this bit because this is dynasty mode at its finest, folks. Oh my Sorry, not strong here. If if Robert Kraft decides to uh, to buy to, an automaker, well, no, forget buy an automaker. If he if he decides to to relieve Bill Belichick of his uh, coaching duties, perhaps Ford will come a call it um, because nobody nobody has been able to sustain the type of success um, that Bill Belichick has. So you know maybe he could teach Farley a thing or two. Last one for you, Pops. Fisker, we talked about this a bit the other day. I want to bring it back up. Fisker will exit direct sales and rely on dealers for all sales and service. The plan to sell through dealers is a complete reversal of Fisker's original direct sales strategy. For all those out there that yeah. say, you know, it's going to be direct to consumer, I really think this is an example of, because it's not only Fisker. What was the other brand that did this just the other day? Um, uh, VinFast. Like, yeah, VinFast. VinFast yeah. opened up their first dealership. Yeah. I think I think car dealers are going to be around for a long, long time. We're obviously trying to clean that up. That's why my dad ranted earlier. That's why you can get $1,000 under invoice. East of the Mississippi, free shipping. West of the Mississippi, we'll split the shipping cost with you. Or the below invoice prices on the Like We're trying to make a difference here because the future probably has car dealers in it, and Fisker just demonstrated that. Most of, there's a reason that the dealership franchise model exists, and that's because it takes all the pressure off of the manufacturer to build that type of infrastructure. It is, it is cheaper in the long run 
for for the manufacturer to depend on a dealer network than it is for them to build out their own. So that's yeah, we'd all like to see it change. Okay, and and yet it can change. We can change the industry. We are here at CarEdge doing our best to change the industry. Um, but it doesn't mean dealerships are going away. It doesn't. And 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 more than likely, I hate to break it to everybody, but more than likely, they never will. Yeah, it's, it's just kinda, that simple. Yeah, kind of pretty entrenched. But who knows? You know, Tesla's pushing on that pretty hard, and they're having a lot of success. So just because like Fisker and Vinfast can't figure it out, others others are making an inroads. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Rivian's figured it out, sort of. Uh, Lucid's figured it out, sort of. You've got. You um, put out, let's be let's be real. There is one example. With yeah. great success, yes. Uh, which is Tesla, and then everyone else, and that's yes. We'll see how far that, that 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 or how long that goes. All right, folks. I am not around tomorrow or Friday. I'm traveling out to the great old San Francisco for some meetings, but Justice will yes. be here with my dad. So please tune in tomorrow. Please tune in Friday. We'll be back on Saturday night unless something tragic happens. Oh, I cannot say that. I was going to say tragic happens on my flight. Cannot say that after yeah. I'm flying on a. I'm flying on the same plane, man. I'm scared. I'm never. No. You can't be I flying, flying on the same plane. I'm flying You're, on a 737 Max Nine or whatever. You I'm can't on be. A They've all been grounded. Are you sure, man? Because I'm scared, and I. Yeah. I want everyone to know I've trained for my private pilot's license. And earlier, my like I like planes. I think they're cool. I'm not scared of them. I'm freaking nervous for this flight, man. No, they've all been grounded. You, 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 you know okay, what okay airline you're flying? United. Yeah, they've been grounded. Okay. So you're not flying one of those planes. They've all been grounded, and United found uh, five or six of them that had loose bolts holding that that thing closed. So, uh, yeah, no, you you you'll be flying on some other plane of theirs but it won't be one of those and you might okay. want to check to make sure your flight hasn't been canceled no i was on the phone with them for a freaking hour and a half last night trying to move my flight around and it was very, yeah because very they, they they've they've been canceling a couple hundred flights a day for the past few days wow. since that incident because those planes have been grounded by the faa okay so, thanks for the heads up yeah yeah okay well anyway not to worry. We will have shows tomorrow and Friday. I'll be back on Saturday. If we can help you out, caredge.com. Pops, I love you. Thanks for the fun show. And I'm going to go eat some lunch. Yep. Safe travels, handsome. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for any, uh, any parts falling off of airplanes.